This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, the 2nd of March, 2023. I'm Kyle Kellums. This is 91.3 KUAF, a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. We'll start today with a campaign, but not a political one. A new campaign from the U.S. Department of Health is tackling HIV and AIDS stigma, the I Am a Work of Art campaign is encouraging black Americans to speak up about their status and get tested in order to help stop the spread of HIV. Ozarks at Large's Daniel Carruth has more. Approximately 1.1 million people in the U.S. are living with HIV, according to numbers from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And in Arkansas, nearly 7,000 people have been diagnosed with HIV. Dr. Timothy Harrison is the Principal Deputy Director of the Office of Infectious Disease and HIV-AIDS Policy at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. The epidemic is not dispersed evenly. Certain populations are disproportionately impacted, such as African Americans. Particularly African American women are disproportionately impacted among women. And so there's certain populations where progress has not been evenly made. He says African-Americans account for a disproportionate number of HIV diagnoses in the U.S. In Arkansas, nearly 47 percent of all cases are among black people. Really is is sort of representative of how vulnerable vulnerable communities are disproportionately impacted, including African-Americans, who represent about 13 percent of the U.S. population, but about 40 percent of those being diagnosed with HIV. And so... Uh, Progress has been made in the 42 years of HIV, but we we still got some ways to go. And one of those areas of progress is in education. There's still a lot of stigma in the Black African American community. There's stigma among the community. There's stigma in the healthcare facilities, among the providers, among the medical team. So if everyone takes the time out to become more, more educated on HIV today, what HIV is today, and how you can live a long, healthy life with it, and the different ways that are available to prevent it. It would help in a tremendous way to bridge the gaps and the barriers that we have. A lot of the education our community rejects, there's a lot of biases, and when people bring that into their care system, trying to help someone that is living with HIV, it makes it difficult for that person to let down that wall to to live a positive life living with HIV. Ashley Nicole Kaysen is an HIV activist and part of the Department of Health's I Am a Work of Art campaign. It's a campaign that is taking the initiative to bring more awareness to HIV AIDS and to provide more resources around the country. She says stigma, especially in black communities, can prevent people from getting access to the vital resources they need, like health care options, prevention drugs, and safe sex information. There are people that still do not understand how HIV is transmitted. I've heard stories from my peers when they have their initial appointment getting into care, and the provider was not educated or did not fully explain all of the benefits that were available to them. And Dr. Harrison says viral suppression through antiretroviral therapy, or ART, has been a major breakthrough for people living with HIV. 
The treatment helps suppress the symptoms of HIV and prevent sexual transmission of the virus. We've come a long way. Um, you know, like I said, I'm old enough to be been around since the 1980s and 90s where we didn't have good medications. Um, since the late 1990s with the introduction of ART, if they're virally suppressed from taking their medications as prescribed, then they are significantly improve their health outcomes. And we've seen the, the reality of that over the last several de- last couple of decades. In addition to that, if they're virally suppressed, uh, they're, they're, they're undetectable and they're unable to transmit the virus to their sexual partners. So viral suppression really is a key piece of our message. Access to ART as well as PrEP, the preventative drug for those who may be at risk of contracting HIV, are covered under the Affordable Care Act. And while there's still a long way to go in eliminating HIV in the U.S., Kaysen says the virus is not a death sentence. I'm happy to say that I have a husband that is HIV negative. I have a son that is HIV negative, And that is all because I am virally suppressed. I am undetectable. Therefore, the possibility of me passing it to my husband and to my child is highly unlikely, as you can see. For information on the I Am a Work of Art campaign and for more on testing and treatment options near you, go to hiv.gov. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Daniel Carruth. A legal complaint recently filed in Washington County Circuit Court alleges mistreatment of a patient by medical staff at Northwest Behavioral Health Unit in Springdale. The former chief of psychiatry of the unit is now under state investigation for alleged Medicaid fraud. Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich reports. On January 17th, Darren Cash with Herrera Law Group and Rogers and co-counsel Kevin Hickey with Hickey and Hull Law Partners in Fort Smith filed a lawsuit in Washington County Circuit Court on behalf of plaintiff Carla Adrian Caceres, who alleges mistreatment, threats, and forcible detainment by psychiatric staff at Northwest Behavioral Health Unit in Springdale. She specifically names Dr. Brian Hyatt, his supervising nurse, Brooke Green, and two dozen unit staff. Aaron Cash says Adrian Caceres, an engineering student at the University of Arkansas, sought emergency care starting on January 18th of last year. She, she went to the emergency department for medical help and ended up being transferred to the psychiatric unit. She did not want to go there, but the records show that she was admitted voluntarily. Adrian Caceres had accidentally taken too many Tylenol, which Cash says was not a suicide attempt. En route to the psychiatric unit, Adrian Caceres claims she was sedated and asked to sign forms she was unable to read or understand. She was also given a wristband with the provider's name on it, which was blacked out. Um, During this time, she was forced to attend group therapy where she says that no therapy actually took place. And, and during the entire time, she was wanting to go home. She had been admitted voluntarily, and, and they wouldn't let her leave. Adrian Caceres was able to decipher the blacked-out name on her patient wristband, Brian Hyatt, MD. At the time, the chairman of psychiatry for Northwest Health Systems. He also operates Pinnacle Premier Psychiatry in Rogers. We contacted Hyatt for comments several times for this report with no response. 
When she was admitted, Adrian Caceres claimed she was stripped naked by staff, her body searched, all her possessions taken, and given a uniform. She began to document what was happening to her, but those notes later disappeared. Carla Adrian Caceres then contacted her mother, Caddy Caceres, for help, according to the complaint, who drove up from Dallas-Fort Worth to rescue her daughter, but failed to secure her release. That's when Herrera Law Firm was hired to intervene. Attorney Aaron Cash issued a formal letter of complaint demanding his client be released to her mother. And she was refused at that time. So from there, we filed a lawsuit in Washington County Circuit Court seeking an order to release her from the hospital. Caddy Caceres presented a certified copy of the court order issued by Washington County Circuit Judge Doug Martin when she came to fetch her daughter, but staff refused to release her or allow the two to communicate. Carla Adrian Caceres was kept sedated and threatened by Hyatt with a mandatory 45-day stay in the psych unit, according to the complaint, unless she withdrew all legal action. So Attorney Cash asked the court to amend the order, enabling Washington County Sheriff's Office to enforce Adrian Caceres' release. And from there, the Sheriff's Department went in with the order and walked Carla out from the building. That was on January 21st last year. In response, Dr. Brian Hyatt, according to the complaint, issued a series of scathing emails to attorney Aaron Cash disregarding the plaintiff's claims as silly, libelous, and abusive, mocking the attorney's educational record, threatening Cash with incarceration. Hyatt then told Cash to contact his attorney, Rick Angel, in Little Rock. We queried Angel Law Firm. Angel says his firm doesn't represent Brian Hyatt. We also queried the Arkansas State Medical Board for comment, which Hyatt currently chairs. We were instructed to contact the Arkansas Department of Health. Public Information Officer Danielle McNeil responded by email that no complaints had been received against Dr. Hyatt regarding this matter, which does not involve the state medical board. Northwest Health spokesperson Christina Bull responded to our query. She said she could not comment on any litigation, but did confirm that the Behavioral Health Unit had been shut down temporarily last May to accommodate staff changes and transition management of clinical care for behavioral health patients to a new clinical provider. When pressed further, Bull emailed that Dr. Brian Hyatt, originally hired in early 2018, was no longer affiliated with Northwest Health. Apparently terminated records show last May from his position as chief of psychiatry. As for client Carla Adrian Caceres, attorney Aaron Cash's complaint lists 20 offenses against Hyatt, a charge nurse, two dozen psych unit staff, and Northwest Arkansas Hospitals, LLC. We have filed false imprisonment, battery, assault, outrage, and civil conspiracy against the defendants. And what damages do you seek? We're seeking a jury trial in this case so a Washington County jury can decide what happened and then any damages if appropriate. Nine months before the Adrian Caceres criminal complaint was filed against Hyatt and staff, 
three Medicaid patients contacted Ozarks at large, also detailing forcible detainment in the psych unit by Hyatt, humiliating mistreatment by staff, as well as debilitating medical neglect. Several patients mentioned being held against their will for money. New documents provided this week by the Arkansas Office of Medicaid Inspector General in response to a Freedom of Information Act request revealed Dr. Brian Hyatt was notified on February 24th via certified mail that he is under investigation for Medicaid fraud. Until further notice, all Medicaid services payments made to his current private practice, Pinnacle Premier Psychiatry in Rogers, are suspended. The search warrant filed in Pulaski County Circuit Court detailing alleged Medicaid as well as Medicare and medical insurance fraud also revealed that Dr. Hyatt spent scant time on the psych unit with little to no contact with patients. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich. Ahead, the new Arkansas Secretary of Commerce discusses the state's economic infrastructure. That's just ahead. Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art presents Diego Rivera's America, the first major exhibition focused solely on the Mexican artist in over 20 years. It includes his works, digital projections of his murals, and three major paintings by Frida Kahlo. Diego Rivera's America opens March 11th. Tickets at crystalbridges.org. Washington Regional's Her Health Clinic is committed to empowering all women by giving them the care and resources they need to take control of their own health. Gynecology services, prenatal care, childbirth, infertility treatments, and more available at Her Health Clinic, located in Washington Regional's Women and Infant Center in Fayetteville. WRegional.com slash HerHealth to learn more. This is Ozarks at Large. Time now for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. I'm Paul Gatling. On the program today, a pair of Arkansas companies involved in M&A deals this week one selling and one buying. We've also got an interview with Arkansas's new Secretary of Commerce, Hugh McDonald, who discusses his priorities for the state's economy moving forward. And one of the state's largest independent wealth managers plants its flag in Northwest Arkansas. We've got those stories on the way after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield for more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com. First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Lured out of retirement by Governor Sarah Sanders, former Energy Arkansas CEO Hugh McDonald said he still has a lot to contribute. In a recent interview with Roby Brock, McDonald discussed getting settled into his new job, 
as the state's Secretary of Commerce and what some of his priorities will be moving forward. You entrepreneurs and small business owners may want to pay close attention. You've had a few weeks to kind of get settled in uh, into this new role as Secretary of Commerce. What, what, are, you, what are you learning? I'm learning a lot. Um, you know, I, I think uh, you know, the, the state as a whole does a good job at traditional economic development. You know, recruiting new businesses, expanding existing businesses with the incentives we have in place. Um, uh, Clint O'Neill is the new executive director, solid guy, solid guy, really like Clint. Um, what we don't do enough focus on, in my opinion, is, for example, entrepreneurship. Helping the little, uh, the organizations, these uh, entrepreneur support organizations, they call them ESOs. Mm -hmm. There's various ESOs across the state. I want to find out how can the state and economic development support that network on a more holistic fashion than we have in the past. Because you've got, you know, so many, I mean, 99% of the companies are small business. How do we support that network? You've got kind of two groups of small business. You've got maybe the, the, the innovation type, the tech type that venture capital go in at various stages um, and you know those companies scale up. But you also have the mom and pop retail small businesses. They're a different type of small business different type of entrepreneur, but they're, they're both important in terms of nurturing, supporting uh, from a state economic development perspective, and they grow in different ways, and they should be supported more mm -hmm. um, to be able to do that. So uh, they, have, they both affect quality of life, they both affect talent recruitment in different ways, which is also very important for us to do as a state. Do you see directing more resources into those areas, or do you see just knowing that you've got the endorsement of the state of Arkansas behind you to do this? And I guess, what do you think that you can additionally push yeah. to help those businesses? My plans aren't full yet. Sure. In fact, uh, we're, we're planning on sort of a summit uh, with some of the best entrepreneur support groups in the state and venture capital on, because I think we have to do both. I mean, we, we've, we've got to support it. Uh, with the state backing, that is going to require some additional focus on resources within AEDC. We've got to look, relook at our incentives. Our incentives uh, have worked well for the traditional economic development. Want to continue that? Yeah. Want to get better at that? But how do we have to change our incentives going forward to support new economy, uh, entrepreneurship as well? I want people to understand that you have worn that hat as the Entergy Arkansas uh, CEO. You were involved in a lot of economic development deals, mostly big ones, because the big ones require electricity, a lot, a lot, a lot of power. Lot of power. That's yeah. Right. That's so right. I, I think for people to think yeah. you just moved from a utility to doing this, there's a lot that you did at Entergy that really probably prepped you for this role. Would you say? I would, I would say, I would say so. Yeah, Entergy did a lot of the the big economic development, but it also does a lot of the community development as well, and supporting rural Arkansas. We've got to find a way to do, you know, a big river steel is not going to happen in every county. Yeah, that's just unrealistic to assume. But how can we support the small towns in rural Arkansas from a, you know, growing their leadership capacity? Uh, which then they can start their own economic development efforts as well. 
and starting from a, from a small business perspective. That's what, you know, uh, that's where we can really, I think, uh, help in terms of rural Arkansas. Assess where you see the Arkansas economy right now. I mean, are we at some sort of tipping point that concerns you? I mean, you, I, I think you would be a guy that, that looks at strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. I'm not asking for the full-blown analysis yeah. <laughs> on that. But where do you see, maybe, you've mentioned small businesses as an opportunity yeah. area. Where do yeah. you see some potential threat? You know, I think our biggest challenge is workforce, workforce development. Um, our unemployment rate is low. I mean, we're, we're almost at the full employment yeah. perspective. We've got more job openings than we have applicants at this time. So. And you know the question. I'm not an economist, but the question about are we going to go into a recession? Uh, who who knows? Uh, smarter people than I can can advise you on that. But um, you know, I think the economy is strong. It's a diversified economy in Arkansas. That's one advantage we do have. So uh, I'm bullish on the economy in Arkansas. Now you can watch that entire interview with Arkansas Secretary of Commerce Hugh McDonald over on our sister website at talkbusiness.net. A pair of business transactions involving Arkansas companies this week, Little Rock-based West Rock Coffee Company announced Tuesday the acquisition of Bixby Roasting Company. That's a specialty-grade roaster launched in 2017. The deal includes Bixby's roasting facility in Los Angeles, but financial terms were not disclosed. Shares of West Rock Coffee closed trading Tuesday at 11.38. Also on Tuesday, Fort Smith-based Arc Best announced the sale of its FleetNet segment to Cox Automotive in a $100 million cash deal. The maintenance and repair unit of Arc Best is based in North Carolina. It generated 6.5% of the company's overall revenue last year and 1.5% of operating income. Arc Best shares closed Tuesday at $96.20. Independent wealth management firm Legacy Capital in Little Rock opened a new office last week in northwest Arkansas. Brian Wood, Michael Peebles, and Deanne Gann have moved to Legacy Capital and opened the office at 5502 Walsh Lane in Rogers. They previously worked for broker-dealer Arvest Wealth Management. Legacy Capital President Matt Jones said the northwest Arkansas edition would push the firm's assets under management to more than $1 billion. And this note from the big business of college athletics. The University of Arkansas ranked number nine among Southeastern Conference schools with a record $152.5 million in revenue in fiscal year 2022. The University of Alabama Athletics Department was the SEC revenue king with $214.36 million in the 12 months from July 1st, 2021 to June 30th, 2022. Arkansas had an operating surplus of $8.2 million in the fiscal year, and most of the league's athletic departments turned a profit last year, except LSU, Florida, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Mississippi. For those stories and more, visit us at nwabusinessjournal.com and our sister website, talkbusiness.net, where you can follow our reporting each and every day. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Ozarks at Large. 
We've made it into March, and that means, Timothy Dennis, maybe we don't have outdoor music yet, but we're getting closer. Yeah, we're about three to four weeks away, which is kind of my favorite time of year, both for the weather and for being able to enjoy music outdoors. But we're going inside still for now. We are, because you never know when it's going to rain in early March. Or snow. True. I mean, it is still winter after all. Technically. Yes. For a few more weeks at least. Yes. Okay. Let's start with music tonight, actually. Smoke and Barrel Tavern, they're going to have an alt and indie rock show. They're featuring the bands New Avenues from Dallas and Toronto, Avon Park from Memphis, and Locals City Gray. When I'm choking on desire, who am I when I'm thrown into the fire? Cover for that show is $10. That gets underway at 9 o'clock tonight. Again, that's at the Smoke and Barrel Tavern in downtown Fayetteville. Tomorrow night, JJ's Live in North Fayetteville is going to have a hip-hop show featuring the rappers Rick Ross, who's from Miami, and Arkansans J.D. Gons and Self-Paid Savage. Okay. Tickets for that show are $60 in advance. They go up to $65 tomorrow. That gets underway at 7.30 tomorrow night, again at JJ's Live in Fayetteville. Happening up in Bentonville at the Momentary, they are premiering an event they're calling Forest Concerts. It's right. performed by the New York City-based piano and percussion quartet Yarn Wire. And it's commissioned by the Momentary. It combines music, narration, comics, and sound to create a playful and engaging world. It's also taking place Saturday and Sunday. The events Friday and Saturday night start at 7 p.m. Sunday, it starts at 2 p.m. Tickets are $30. They're $24 if you're a member of the Momentary. That gets underway again at 7 o'clock tomorrow night at the Momentary in Bentonville. Over in Eureka Springs tomorrow night, Chelsea's is going to have Kansas City-based artist, trombonist, and vocalist Trevor Turla. Kind of mixes styles from Americana to rock to jazz. Uh, cover for that show is five dollars. That gets underway at nine o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at Chelsea's over in Eureka Springs. Wait, is Trevor a solo act? Or it's a band. Oh, it's okay. a band. Oh, okay, that I makes mean, much more sense. He's done some solo stuff, but this is a band gotcha. situation. Okay. Moving on. Tomorrow night in Fort Smith, Majestic is going to have a modern outlaw country show featuring Austin Upchurch and Giovanni and the Hired Guns. I know I'm not the greatest friend. I look back and I can't forget. Cover for that show is $20 in advance. It goes up to $25 tomorrow. That gets underway at 8 o'clock tomorrow night again at the Majestic in Smith. Okay, Saturday night, Smoke and Barrel Tavern and Fables going to have a rock and shoegaze show featuring the bands Blushing from Austin, Peach Blush is in town from Little Rock, and locals Milden Hall and Fight Dream round out that night.
of music. It is a lot of music. Cover for that show is $5. Gets underway at 9 o'clock Saturday night, again at the Smoke and Barrel in Fayetteville. I love the $5. That 9 o'clock start. <laughs> Especially with four bands on yeah. the bill. Moving on, JJ's Live in Fayetteville having another big ticket show Saturday night. This time they're featuring the modern country sounds of Ian Munsick and Ashlyn Craft. There ain't no hurry. We got plenty of days left under the sun. No, it ain't a one day ride. It's up through the mountains where the coyotes cry down through. Tickets are $20 to $35 in advance, depending on whether you're pit or general admission. They go up to $25 to $40 the day of. That gets underway at 7.30 Saturday evening, again at JJ's Live in North Fayetteville. You mentioned Ashton Craft, which made me think of Ashton Barbary. Correct. Who I think I saw on social media has submitted something for the Tiny Desk concert. Correct, correct. Yay. And Little Birdie told me she will have an anvil session in the coming months. At Holy Anvil. Exactly. Okay, moving on. Speaking of people who've been on our show before, mm-hmm. Randall Shreve is going to be at the Gravel Bar over in Eureka Springs. That'll be a fun show. It's underway at 7 o'clock Saturday night. Again, that's at the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs. Still in Eureka Springs Saturday night, Buddy Shoot and the Motivators will be on stage at New Delhi Cafe. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of food, a little bit of drink, a yeah. little bit of blues. Should yeah. be a good time. That gets underway at 6 o'clock Saturday evening again at New Delhi Cafe in Eureka Springs. Hold on, hold on. So he starts at 6. What time does Randall start at the gravel bar? 7. And Buddy goes until 10 as well. So, I mean, you could pop into one, go to the other, vice versa. Moving on. Down in Fort Smith Saturday night, Majestic is going to have Tennessee Jet in the house. He's a country artist from Nashville. Mm-hmm. I blacked out another night I'd have been sober nine months today. What kind of man loves Cover is $15 in advance, goes up to $20 on Saturday. That gets underway at 8 o'clock Saturday night, again at the Majestic in Fort Smith. And you're talking the Nashville that's home of the Opry and not the Scrappers. Correct, correct. The Tennessee Nashville. Nashville. Okay, I mean, good. the guy's name is Tennessee Jack. Well, you never know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Moving on to Sunday, JJ's live in Fayetteville, yet another big ticket show. They're going to have Jerry Cantrell on stage. Tickets are $35 to $50 in advance. They go up to $40 to $55 on Sunday. That gets underway at 7 o'clock Sunday night, again at JJ's Live in Fayetteville. I say put out a tip jar for the folks that clean JJ's Live because you're going to have a big show Friday night, a big Uh show Saturday night. Well, and there's another one coming up a few days from now. We'll get to that. Okay. Also happening Sunday, Chelsea's in Eureka Springs. They're having the hard rock band from Wisconsin, the Almas, in the house. You've always been my cage, vicious lover. I start to love the taste, but then it's over. Wanna feel you in 
that show gets underway at 9 o'clock Sunday evening again. That's Chelsea's in Eureka Springs. Okay, Tuesday. You know how I told you there was another show coming up at right, JJ's Live? Right. Tuesday night, they're having Flogging Molly. Didn't know Flogging Molly was still happening. I was a little bit surprised, too. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. I right. just hadn't heard for a while. But, I mean, wow. that's four shows in five days. Oof. Tickets for this one are... About $38 to $55 in advance to go up to $43 to $60 on Tuesday. That gets underway at 7.30 Tuesday night, again at JJ's Live in Fayetteville. And then one more show, Thursday. Majestic in Fort Smith is going to have a country show featuring Texas country artist Jackson Taylor and the Sinners and Alabama country artist the Brandon Butler are $15 in advance. They go up to $18 next Thursday. That gets underway at 7 o'clock again next Thursday at Majestic in Fort Smith. All right. That's eight days worth of music. Eight days a week. There you go. Timothy Dennis, thank you. Thank you. This is Leo Uribe, Associate Professor and Chair at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Pinimeter. Happy March to all. I am so very excited about spring and birds and running weather and also Women's History Month. Women's History Month is a celebration of women's contributions to history, culture, and society, and has been observed annually in the month of March in the United States since 1987. Sound Penimeter features women of many identities on a regular basis. Nevertheless, I am taking this month to extend an invitation to all of you to be intentional and reflect on women and music. We will help. We open Sound Penimeter today with... Selka Ojekengas, an award-winning L.A.-based composer whom I met in Springfield, Missouri, while we were both associated with Drury University and played together in the same symphony orchestra. I remember very young Selka as a super smart, complex, and funny musician, and it makes me very happy to feature her today in Sound Pentimeter as an established musician with her own and very unique voice and presence in the world of composition. This opening piece is titled Bantam Winds, a piece Selka dedicated to Dr. Erin Cameron, clarinetist of the wind trio Bantam Winds. Bantam Winds is a piece about birds, and this movement, the third one, Six Wire Steps, is based on the mating dance of the six-wire bird of paradise. Apparently, this bird goes through an extensive set of steps, six in total, in order to attract a mate. If he misses one or goes out of order on these steps, the female leaves. And the reality is that often after succeeding through all the steps, the female rejects them anyway. 
movement of Banton Winds for oboe, bass clarinet, and horn, a piece by LA-based composer Selka Ojekengas, performed by Banton Winds members Christine Lederman, oboe, Erin Cameron, bass clarinet, Julie Boxbaum, horn, all of them dear and esteemed colleagues who teach at Arkansas State University. Of the many brilliant music out there by female and non-binary composers, I have chosen to close Sound Perimeter today with British composer Anna Klein and the first movement of her cello concerto. Klein has been described by the New York Times as a composer of uncommon gifts and unusual methods. This concerto, a commission from Israeli-American cellist Inval Segev, is entitled Dance and inspired by the 13th-century Persian poet Jalal ad-Din Muhammad Rumi, with his lines that read, quote, Dance when you're broken open. Dance if you've turned the bandage off. Dance in the middle of the fighting. Dance in your blood. Dance when you are perfectly free. This piece is set in five movements each of which corresponds to a line in the poem. The opening movement, When You Are Broken Open, is a beautiful and haunting lament, urgent yet serene. Let us enjoy the London Philharmonic Orchestra conducted by Marine Alsop and soloist Inval Segev.
Israeli-American cellist Inval Segev performing Anna Klein's Cello Concerto First Movement Dance. This is Leo Uribe, Associate Professor and Chair of the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Penimeter, a show written and hosted by me and produced by Timothy Dennis, KUAF 91.3 in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Sound Penimeter is a segment dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. I hope it will expand your knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and let music infiltrate your lives and transform your realities. To all women out there, we see you, we affirm you, we value you when you are broken open and until you are perfectly free. See you soon. The New York Times writes, drummer Ulysses Owens Jr. takes a backseat to no one, but he's happy to share the spotlight. He'll be in the Star Theater at the Walton Arts Center Saturday night, and this week Robert Ginsburg, host of Shades of Jazz on KUAF, talked with him. In the tradition of the great jazz band leaders like Miles Davis, Art Blakey, Betty Carter, drummer Ulysses Owens Jr. continues the ritual of recruiting young up-and-coming musicians who show great promise and deserve more exposure for his band, Generation Y. Ulysses' own storied career includes eight well-received recordings as a leader, as well as stints with some of the legends of jazz like Mulgrew Miller, Christian McBride, and Kurt Elling, to name a few. Speaking with Ulysses, I was curious how the concept for this band came about. So when I have to tell you a little bit about how the, the group started again, I'm, I always feel some of the greatest things in my life come out of the hardest transitions. So again, transitioning, trying to figure out the next move. And I was talking to my manager, Miles, and he was like, he, he asked me a really simple question. He says, Ulysses, what do you want to do musically? And I said, well, Miles, I want to do this. And I, I started listening to all these projects. He said, no, 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 Ulysses. What are you passionate about? I don't, I don't want you putting together something that you think will sell. Like, what do you actually feel passionate about? And I literally said to him, I was almost in tears. I said, you know, the only thing I feel passionate about is having young energy musically around me. That's that's all I felt passionate about. And he said, that's what we need to do then. So there were a lot of things we still needed to work out. I was like, I, we're on to something. And so what it's turned into now was kind of the band full of like the next the next thing you know like and so now people are laughing they're like you're you're like really launching talent now you know but it started with i just really enjoyed youthful energy because they inspired me to play things that i never played before mogru miller I'll, I'll conclude that thought with this mogru miller used to tell me something um years ago that always inspired me and he said ulysses 
every night I go on the bandstand, I seek to surprise myself. I want to play things that I've never heard me play before. And I took that statement and that is literally how I live my life as a band leader. I want to play things I've never heard me play. And when I play with younger musicians, they push me out of my comfort zone and allow me to accomplish that. I'd like to talk about the group you'll be bringing here to the Walton Art Center. Sarah Hanrahan, the alto saxophonist, was here not that long ago with the Mingus Big Band. What can you tell me about Sarah? The thing that I love the most about Sarah, nothing matters more to her than playing. She wants to leave it all on the bandstand every night. And I play with that same kind of energy is that she, like, there's going to be a tune at some point on the set that Sarah is just going to go. And when she's done, it like elevates all of us. And and it's the energy of it. And so, yeah, I, I love working with her. She comes from the school of musicians that worked with Jackie McLean, you know, Nat Reeves, Renee McLean, his son, and so many others. Um, and she got a lot of the same mentorship uh, opportunities and, you know, very similarly to what Mulgrew Miller did with me. what about the rest of the band members in Generation Y? I've heard great things from your trumpeter, Anthony Hervey. Hervey uh, was my student, my I think my first or second year at Juilliard. And man, he has bought the fire in the band. But I love he comes out of the tradition. Like even last night, we played some William Armstrong music, you know, some Hot Five stuff. He can go from that to like modern vibe to, I mean, his, his, his ability um, is so diverse. Uh, so yeah, he's great. Uh, as I said, Tyler Bullock is a, a new young pianist that joined the band, 19. He's from Nashville, Tennessee, and now at Juilliard. And he's just, he's growing. He's like, he's, he's blooming. So Ulysses, what 
should we tell the audience to expect when they come to hear Generation Y? It's going to be really fiery. When I say fiery, I don't mean loud and abrasive, but meaning it's a lot of spirit. And and from the first note, it's gonna it's gonna take off. That that is what I love about this band. There's there's no dipping your toe in it. <laughs> so I would say the audience, be ready, fasten your seatbelts. And then there is a, a a point in the set where it settles down, and I allow you by virtue of how I've designed the set to then start to see the maturity in the band, to see the musicality. And then, you know, we'll send you home feeling good. The goal for me was to make a nod to Blakey, even bands like Terrence and, you know, Terrence Blanchard and Donald Harrison, Roy Hargrove. Like I really wanted to bring back the sound of a band. Like there's something about, you know, Wayne Shorter's quintet or just the, to me, that was what a lot of us were raised on. And so that synergy of five people working together is what the audience will experience. We can all use some tension and release. You said it, not me, Robert. Ulysses Owens Jr. and Generation Y perform Saturday night at 7.30 at Walton Arts Center. Sona, the Symphony of Northwest Arkansas, continues its main stage season on Saturday, March 11th at Walton Arts Center. Performing music from Sona's debut album release featuring groundbreaking new music that blends acoustic and electric sounds, including works by Paul Haas, Trevor New, and more. After intermission, Sona musicians will raise the roof with the joyously beautiful Symphony No. 3 by Brahms. Tickets and information at sonamusic.org. This is 91.3 KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Greenland. Timothy Dennis produced today's program and today's sound perimeter, both inside the Harold and Blanchcock News Studio at the Carver Center for Public Radio. Contributors today included Timothy Dennis, Daniel Carruth, Jacqueline Froelich, Paul Gatling, Roby Brock, Leo Uribe, and Robert Ginsburg. Thank you, Stephanie Brock, for your assistance with today's program. We will be back with you tomorrow at noon and 7 with a brand new Friday edition of Ozarks at Large. You can always... Listen to us online at OzarksAtLarge.com. I'm Kyle Kellums. Thank you so much for listening and your continued support of Ozarks at Large and KUAF. Have a great rest of your Thursday.